Pacquiao coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. Professor Teclo Vossen coming in from Teclo Industries. And you want to know where the best place to go is for the Bright Lights pre-release in Pennsylvania? That's right. The Banished Zone on September the 30th at 6pm and the Portal Comics and Gaming on October the 1st at 12pm. That's right. A double header. $30 entry per event. And if you attend both events, you get an entry to win a box of Bright Lights at each store. The box will be given out on release day the following week. So just go and support your local game stores in Pennsylvania and the Banished Zone, of course, our sponsors here at the Living Legends Podcast, and just have a whale of a time in the city of bright lights. Tekla Vossen, out. And I suppose we can just start. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Legends Podcast. Uh, I am your host for today. My name is Bill. I'm from the Spike Feeders. I know a lot of people just hear me say I'm Bill from the Spike Feeders. That's not my full name. Uh, it's <laughs> what, really? slightly different. Yeah, I know. It's, not, it's like Fat uh, Jim from Fab TCG Cards. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But, that is uh, his full name, though. That's the thing. <laughs> that is Jim his actual from Fab full TCG name. Cards. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> and of course, joining me this week, uh, we have As from Go Again Gaming. That's right. Yeah, that's the yeah. the name my mother gave me. As from Go Again Gaming, <laughs> yeah, it's on his birth certificate and everything. Makes sense, Mister from Go Again Gaming. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that then? Um, yeah, yeah. So we have As. Thank you for joining us, as well as Kel from Red Zone Rogue. I guess Kel, also known as Red Zone Rogue, is yeah. Oh, yeah. You I suppose. Yourself. Yeah, I suppose. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? We got some uh, flesh and blood to talk about this week, like always. But we have some new yeah. cards to talk about, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah we do. Um, I guess first and foremost, the most important thing that we have to to really talk about today is that uh, Canadian Nats just sort of wrapped up uh, mm-hmm. a couple days ago now, and uh, there are a couple of interesting things that have sort of popped up from that. I think first and foremost is the one that Az is the most excited about. Uh, there was an Azalea in the top eight. That's right. Which yeah, is and, uh, wild. Yeah, that's right. And someone tagged me on Twitter. For, uh, it was uh, hashtag clamorantfan uh, at cramfan number one. Uh, someone tell Go Again Gaming as we have a lone Azalea in top eight. So it wasn't just an Azalea in top eight. It was the only one there at the event yeah. uh, that, made it, that made it into top eight. 100% um, conversion rate. Azalea overpowered. Confirmed. Absolutely. <laughs> And it's the same with um I think it was there wasn't was there an arachne? Or there, probably there, wasn't the only There was only one arachne and I believe they commented on either one of my videos or my posts, but they said they ended up bubbling out, which is unfortunate. But kudos uh, to them. If you're the arachne player and you're listening to this uh podcast, hey, great job. Like just Yeah. Yeah. Rep repping repping the spider there. And there were there were four Uzuris as well. Those are the mm-hmm. those are the players that I was really keeping an eye on. The four Uzuris, the Arachne and the Azalea. Um, yeah, exactly. All the all the pits, all the outsiders, of course, and obviously, as assassin players are going to have some new stuff to t- to sort of test with and play with, mm. which we'll get into in a bit. Which is uh, one of your spoiler cards. Uh, but yeah, thanks yeah. for tagging me on the uh, on the Twitter, uh, thinking of me and Azalea, of course. And that was Felipe, and I did watch this game, and it was it just happened to be that Sean had 
on the turns where Azalea needed to get through the red and the ledgers and stuff, Sean just had he had a double sink turn where he where, where he sank where, where he sank from his arsenal and his hand, even though it was dominated, to Brutal. stop a red and the ledger. And then there was also a double oasis turn to stop again another red and the ledger. So he just had the right things at the right time. That was the only real sort of time that Felipe could have actually got back into it. Uh, and ultimately, uh, ultimately lost that one. But yeah, fair play. Thanks for tagging me. And uh, yeah, calendar national championship. Good stuff. Good to see. Yeah, it. yeah. It's uh, it's definitely unfortunate to see that um, Azalea didn't end up making it all the way. But mm. as you know, as, as tough as it is sometimes, uh, Sean, his opponent, did end up taking mm. the entire tournament home. So you know, yeah. you beat the the strongest, or you were beaten by the strongest person there. So it's, you know, I, I would take that personally. <laughs> I still think that's a really, really great showing. Um, and speaking of, there were actually a few people uh, locally in Winnipeg that ended up making their way out. Uh, the two that I want to really shout out, uh, if you see, uh, if anybody looks at the breakdown of um, the, the meta, the field for Nats, there was exactly one Vincent, and that was my buddy Jay. <laughs> he, <laughs> nice. unfortunately. Did not do quite as well as he was anticipating. Uh, I think his his overall score was like three and four or something. I don't want to put him on blast too much, but he said that he had a great time. He played against seven different heroes throughout Ooh. the entire day or throughout all of his matches. So I think that's really cool, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Jay. Thanks for repping uh, Vincent. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to put a spotlight on is of the people from the Winnipeg contingent that showed up. Uh, there is one person, one of us, actually made it into top 32, and that was uh, a local player, very, very strong, and a good friend of mine, Seth Penner. Um, nice. Oh, cool. Made his way to uh, an 18th place finish, which is nice. incredible. Like, that's that's really, really good. <laughs> Do you know what, uh, play, what hero they were playing? They play, yeah. I don't recall, actually. I'll see if I can find information in the, the Nats chat. Um, we'll just assume it's Lexi until we know. I think it probably <laughs> was Lexi. Um, I think that's sort of what people have been playing recently, uh, at least locally. Uh, oh, actually, here I have the breakdown for all the people that showed up. Two Nats. Uh, Seth was on Dromai. Okay, that um, also makes sense. He was Dromai's yeah, also very. He was one good. of the one of the fifteen Dromai players. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, Dromai is so good that I've seen people like. This is not the topic of the the episode today, but I've seen people being like <laughs> ban Tomaltai, and I'm just like, sure. I saw that too. I saw somebody mention that uh, they figure that the, the the next steps forward are to ban Tomaltai, and the the one that I saw the sort of like argument for it kind of makes sense. They were like Tomaltai leads to a situation where both players end up not having a great time. Um, I, I, I almost that's what Yuki said, wasn't it? I think. I think that's yeah, what... I think it was Yuki that was that was sort of saying that. Yeah, and like I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, I don't know that Tomaltai is the one that makes the most impact. Um, I could be wrong personally. I don't play uh, Dromai, but I do also see it. Uh, something else that we're going to be talking about is recent spoilers uh, that mm -hmm. we're seeing for Bright Lights. Yes, and there is a card that we will discuss that might make it a little bit easier for Tomaltai to come out. So yes, um, maybe it's sort of a, a, a like prepping for the future, that sort of thing, like planning forward. And I could definitely see it then if it becomes a really easy thing to drop Tomaltai, because obviously it's supposed to be 
really hard to get because it's uh, five cost in a deck that cares mostly about reds. Uh, reds. Yeah. So if it becomes an, an easier thing to do instead of just being Tumultai waiting room, um, <laughs> then it might start to, to tend towards that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I pretty, pretty much come to this uh, conclusion every single time we talk about bands, and I'm very much against bands for the most part. So, um, like, Tumultai, yeah. just, it just seems... I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is Dromai, like, that good that she requires a band? Hey, maybe with the new card, possibly. But currently, she's just good, right? Yeah. I don't even know if and Lexi like, needs a band right now. Uh, she's, like, on her way out of LL anyway, so it's just like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and something I will say, just in general, when talking about this game, is um, I think this game sort of more so than others it is actually pretty difficult to consider how balance changes are going to affect the game um it it feels like it is it is hard to actually actively pin down what i makes decks tick in a way where you can make a cha- change that doesn't just completely gut a hero i <laughs> yeah i think that is a very interesting discussion because i am not sure how much how much so like if we use the bullseye bracers ban for azalea not not for lexi for azalea uh, i'm not sure how much bullseye bracers actually negatively infected azalea versus how much people hated the ban you know what i'm saying like i'm not sure if like the deck is that much worse that it becomes unplayable or if people just hated the ban so much that they just stopped playing azalea to begin with like because we, we did see one in the top eight right at, at Canadian yeah. Nat. So obviously Zelia still can do stuff. Like she's not unplayable. But if it's if it's just so much of a feel bad that people are just like, I'm done. You know, it's it's that meme of like, I'm done playing with you, right? They're they're holding <laughs> they're holding the Lexi and they're dropping the Azalea thing, you know? Um Yeah. And like to to their credit, it did feel pretty bad at the time. Yeah, like, well, it, I, know I think it still we, does feel bad for Zelia, to be yeah, honest. Like we found out about it live, and I think both of you were pretty gutted at the initial it's, reaction of it. Was pretty. Oh, you know, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It, yeah, it was it was a surprising <laughs> ban. Uh, I would not be surprised, by the way, if after Lexi hits Living Legend, if they revisit it and decide to bring Bullseye back. For for Azalea. I think they probably could. Um, they even I think said right it now, Lexi post. is just a very yeah. I think Lexi right now is just a very visual example of bullseye bracers, and I think that might be the rough part. Yeah. Um. You're she's so omnipresent right now. Like she took up, I think it was twenty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Out of one hundred and eleven sure. players at Nats, she was twenty nine of the decks. Yeah. So I, like, that's a wanna, lot. You just you see it a lot. I want to give a, cu- a huge shout out. I know you can't really compare one nationals to another nationals. They're different size events, different people, yada, yada, yada. I don't care about that for this point. I just want to give a huge shout out to like the, the person, I think two Zuri's one nationals. And I, I, Oh no, I think it was maybe like Greece and like Norway or something. It was like two countries, um, not in the Americas. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It was like two, two of like the, the more European countries. I don't remember exactly what it was. So yeah. shout out to the two Uzuri players. And there was also like two Boltons, right? I think two Boltons also won. So yeah, Boltons were Kano. one of them was one of them was Netherlands for the Bolton, but I can't remember where the other one was. Um, okay, yeah. But yeah. That's great to see as well. And again, we spoke about it, I think, last week. It's just like 
if, if if Bolton is actually winning a nationals, does that make him, you know, sort of propel him into the optics more, and people actually start to think, oh, maybe Bolton can actually win, or is maybe. it, you know, I think I think you said last time it needs to be a bigger thing than nationals, perhaps, in well, order to sort of propel him to. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's that plus like the na- so if it won if Bolton won like U.S. nationals, I think it would have been a huge deal because yeah. u.s nationals is is pretty competitive it's a it's a very large event and there's a lot of like really high level players and same could be said for a lot of these other places too i'm not going to disparage any of the other places like netherlands or anywhere else you know france or, or the uk or whatever but what i am saying is that like i think people pay more attention to the bigger events um just yeah. over just overall but yeah. i mean i don't want to segue too much into this yet because we still have more to talk about but i mean bolton did just get a pretty sweet card in that's right in bright lights like i think i think one of your this one yeah we'll we'll, we'll obviously go into it a little bit later but i think your one of your community members called it didn't they cal yeah they did yeah yeah Uh, they (laughs) called it in the discord It, it was this exact card except their version is obviously better because their version you don't destroy it it's just a repeatable effect um Yeah, and this one you destroy. We'll we'll talk about when the time comes, but uh, yeah, they they called it like two or three days before it happened, and I was like, "Holy hell, dude!" Like, (laughs) good call. They 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 talked in the Discord, and I was like, "I think the effect is good." Like, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't think it's too overpowered." I'm like, "I'm not sure if it's too overpowered either. Maybe it is. Like, maybe we just don't. I mean, I don't really play a lot of Bolton. Maybe the maybe having it repeatable is too overpowered. But um, anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk about that a little bit later." I have uh, also, again, for spoilers, uh, de- like peek behind the curtain. It is currently 3.52 p.m. Central. Um, and DM yeah. Armada's spoiler card is coming out in about eight minutes. <laughs> so we're probably going to be commenting on that, too. So um, leading up into that, let's just start talking about some of the spoilers that we've seen, because some of them are really cool. Um, yes. I think actually all of them are very cool, at the very least interesting. Um, one of them is really... Um, uh, like polarizing. Um, but I think even at base, the, the design of it makes sense. And I'll talk about that, um, once it actually comes up, Mm. but, uh, in like vague chronological order, we've just pulled up February here, um, for the spoiler page. Uh, also shout out to February. They always like pull these, um, spoilers together and make it just really easy to, to look at things that have sort of, they they update pretty frequently as things come out. database for fab hand hands down, I reckon. Yeah. I yeah. I definitely agree with that. I, I think we're all um, huge yeah. huge fans of February here for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there were actually three that were all sort of spoiled. Uh, I think together they're all promos as well for oh, yes. um, for Bright Lights. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're all mechanologist attack actions, and uh, you know what? Let's just let we'll, we can each talk about one if we want. Um, yeah. Oh, the protocols. Yeah, the protocols. Yeah, I, yeah, the yeah, protocols. There, it's an interesting. I think they're a cycle. In yeah, that they, they, they basically are. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. They're a cycle that they have mechanically different effects, but they all belong to the same kind of thing. So it's kind of like yeah. having a, a blue, yellow, red cycle, but with different effects. They've kind of done this before, but mm-hmm. I think this is I think it's a yeah, really like, cool like, design um, thing. For yeah. example, the the first one here, at least in in series, is uh, Meganetic Protocol. And so all of these are three cost attacks that block for three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meganetic is blue, so it pitches for three and attacks for five. Um, and all of them have uh, sort of like an ability word, uh, Evo Upgrade. 
And so the defending hero must defend this with X equipment they control with minus one counters if able, where X is the number of evos you have equipped. So all three of these have something to do with the amount of evos that you have, which, of course, for those of you who are just tuning in now, uh, evos are a type of equipment that you play in your deck that uh, level up your base equipment. Um, There's like uh, one piece of base equipment for each slot. Um, and you could, you have these evos that you can play on top of them to basically like change your equipment into something else, which I think is really yep. cool. It's very Iron Man esque. Mm. Um, build drone. And obviously this is a payoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a payoff for playing stuff like that. Cause even at two making your opponent block with two things that they've blocked with already, even it, like, even if they have, um, battle worn, especially if they have temper, um, this can be huge this can be like blow up two pieces of equipment that your opponent controls um which can be very swingy i I like it a lot uh i think the the general consensus is that the blue one of these is the best so we're kind of starting off strong but i do think that all three of them are actually quite interesting at the very least yeah um yeah the fact it's just the fact the fact it's just a blue block three that can attack for five and then force out the temper and force out equipment blocks. I think it's just, yeah, I think it probably is the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah because uh, we've it got... specifically targets. Um, well, it doesn't target, but it it singles out equipment that already have minus one counters on it, so they can't be put into a position where it's like, oh, I'll block with my Storm Striders because they don't have a block right. value, or like, yeah. I'll block with my Snapdragon Scalers because they have a block value of zero and they won't break because they don't have Blade Break or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, it'll block. It'll it'll make them block with stuff that likely will die if uh, if it gets uh, pulled by the magnetic protocol, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as if you have uh, if you have them up, do you want to talk about pulse wave protocol really quick? Yeah, so exactly the same thing with regards to the cost, but this is the yellow one. So yellow uh, cost uh, three, blocks for three, attacks for six. So they actually go up in uh, one power increments. And it's exactly the same thing. So Evo upgrade, when this attacks, they reveal X cards from their hand. So similar to the Pulse Wave Harpoon uh, mm-hmm. card, uh, where X is number of Evos you have equipped, then choose an attack action card with defense less than uh, potentially the highest being four, then add it to this uh, chain link as a defending card. So again, just one of those things allows you to rip cards out of your opponent's hand and force them to block with it. And this obviously scales with how many Evos you have, which is probably what you want to be doing anyway. Um, so is this, it's not, it's not, a, I don't think it's as strong as the pulse wave, the other one, because that cost, was that cost? The other one, is it one? Uh, the other uh, one costs one, attacks for four, and has boost itself. So, oh, um, yeah. Pulse Wave is going to be a hard card to beat, but I think that if you're playing in a deck where Evos sort of matter, um, this is like a decent payoff. Um, yeah. It would be obviously better if it was a blue. There are a lot of cards that would be better if they were blue, but um, but I, I don't... Every card. I, I have a hard time... Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I have a hard time like thinking that this card is bad. At the very least, it's like okay, which I think is fine. Um, and it's a six, which will matter because Droma is still going to be a thing going forward. Maybe Prism as well, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that 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 obviously helps as well. But hard to evaluate with the small pool of cards that we have, but cool nonetheless. And then we have the Demolition one. So Kel, do you want to read that one out, mate? Yeah, this is Demolition Protocol. Uh, this has the best stats, you know, being the red version of it. Uh, three cost tax for seven. So three for seven block three is actually just really, really good stats. We saw in nationals people running three for sevens that literally didn't do anything. You know, like the vanilla mm-hmm. one. Um, 
from you know the bulk the bulk common from uh yeah on the raging rage. onslaught yeah that one that's the one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one actually has an effect so it has the evo upgrade uh, when this attacks a hero move remove all steam counters from up to x equipment items and or weapons they control where x is the number of evos you have equipped so this is specifically like an anti-mechanologist card right you 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 suck all of their steam counters off based on the number of evos you have so obviously the best added one is also has the weakest effect but it just has good stats like three for seven is just good stats these days for flesh and blood so you know yeah. it, it had three for three for seven it. means like the the reason that people were playing raging onslaught anyway is because um there's uh I forget what the name of the aura is for prism, but the one that makes it so that defending cards have minus one attack. Oh yeah. Um, seven is specifically a really good breakpoint because then it, it still pops even if they have that out. So with prism potentially getting, um, a few more things and, um, like I assume it's going to illusionist is probably going to get one thing in the expansion slot in this, uh, in this set. Um, that's based on nothing. I'm just making an assumption. But <laughs> Yeah. It also just leaks, um, leaks damage very well. But yeah. I think we should take a small little break and we'll watch DM Armada's spoiler. So there's going to be a cut here and then we will have seen the spoilers yeah, we'll when, we, when we come back. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Brian Gottlieb just tipped him two bucks. <laughs> Whoa. <Really? laughs> I didn't get any tips. What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, are back from looking at uh, DM Armada's spoiler, and honestly, yeah. very interesting. Um, mm. Kel, do you have it up on screen? Yeah, intoxicating shot. Okay, it is. It is very yeah. So, intoxicating shot is going to be the next spoiler that we talk about. We kind of mm. talked about this a little bit already in the break, but uh, yes, for for the audio listeners, intoxicating shot is a zero cost blue pitch. Four attack, three block arrow, um, yeah. which already that that stat line is kind of crazy. Um, it is balanced out somewhat by its effect, but it is a Riptide specialization, uh, and its its only effect is when this hits a hero, they create a Courage and a Quicken token. So technically, only upside for um, get for hitting your opponent, um, but the thing that is really cool uh, and what DM Armada pointed out in his video is the fact that courage gives an attack plus one mm -hmm. and quicken gives an attack go again it turns on like most of the ranger traps uh, think, at least the, the the new ones i think all of yeah. them like there are a couple um I, I actually got corrected as i was posting it to various uh discords but uh there are i think one or two that get triggered off of uh attack reactions like if your opponent has activated an reaction oh, okay. or something this turn um <laughs> ones that like, people like, like, no, ones that no one plays okay yeah yeah exactly so it it turns on like the good ones like it turns on buzzsaw it turns on uh, collapsing trap i think i think it so here's a list yeah. I, so I, here's a list of the of the traps that it turns on boulder trap when this defends an attack yeah, with power greater than its base you get a minus one counter on equipment buzzsaw when it, whenever whenever it attacks the power greater than its base collapsing trap when this attacks when yeah. this defends an attack with go again yep. uh tarpit uh frailty mm -hmm. uh inertia that's it yeah. those are the ones so, that like, it effects it's quite a few of most them. of the times those are the ones that are being played anyway so exactly um, yeah so in conjunction with that pretty good like again the the stat line is uh, the first thing that i i said and the, you guys can attest to this 
when he was sort of revealing the card piece by piece, I was like, wait a second, zero cost four, three blue. Like, <laughs> that stat line is just crazy. Like it's just it's it's very really, good. really good. Um, and then Kel mentioned that Riptide kind of needs it. Fair. Um, Riptide more than kind of needs it. Shout out to all the Riptide <laughs> stands out there who um, shout out to, see to less, David Mink to see less, you know, Riptide sees almost less play than Arachne, which is saying a lot. So uh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, anyway, I think this card is really, really cool. Um, I, I think it's a, a great spoiler for DM Armada. And oh, yeah, uh, mm. yeah I, I think that again, it just being like a zero cost arrow pretty good in the late game uh and pretty good early as well to either be an effective block or to give you a bunch of resource I, um yeah i think it i think it needs to be blue just for like there's power reasons but also like on the turns where it, it is actively terrible like if you have no traps to to you know get the use out of this it is actually awful right because you just pump up your opponent in like yeah. the, wor- the worst ways mm-hmm. and so you need to be able to pitch it to do other stuff uh, and if it was red, it would be like, it would be oh, so, yeah. it would be so bad if it was red. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it would need to be like probably a seven cost attack or like a six cost <laughs> zero for it to be like okay at red. Um, yeah. Which obviously they're just not going to do. That's just not something that I think is is going to happen. But so yeah, this being a zero a zero cost blue four, I think is like perfect for what this needs to be. Um, so really cool. Oh. Shout out to DM Ramada. Great reveal video as well. Yeah, and it synergizes with what he has already. Like all of his other rip, all of his other specializations are blues as well. So you mm-hmm. want to see them like later on yeah. to do the most, to have the most impact, which I think is also cool. So it's like blue matters yeah. in Riptide. Um, yeah. Well, and like if you're pitching the the majestic um, traps as well as this. Like, yeah. if you're able to get to the late game, your pitch stack is going to be nuts. Like, it's <laughs> exactly. going to be like you intoxicating shot, and then you have like all three of the majestic traps, and you're like, yeah, go for it, buddy. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's cool. Very, uh, very I also cool. want to point out as well that obviously this is technically the only specialization spoiled so far. So, we still got quite a few of the early spoilers to get through. Uh, so, we might see some other specializations in there. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think three floating are yet to do one, aren't they? They um, are doing a hero. Oh, they're doing a hero. Yeah. So okay. it is it is public knowledge that the heroes are being revealed by three floating and uh, Max Ferocity, who we'll talk about more. Oh, of course, a little bit later. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. mention uh, Max yeah. Ferocity in a bit. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, specializations is cool because I obviously we had a lot of reserv- reservations as to how they can uh, sort of incorporate expansion slots, and this gives mm-hmm. me hope for the future where there might be a set which has a random Azalea specialization in or a random hero that people care about that's not necessarily in the actual set that it's designed for. Right. So yeah, this is yeah. what I like to see personally as someone that gravitates towards heroes is random specializations in sets that aren't including that hero. So. I like the trajectory of this already. Um, so, uh, yeah, glad to see that today. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's really cool just what we're seeing, like you're saying, like how the expansion slot's kind of going to be utilized moving forward. Uh, we're getting our first sort of tastes of it, and we're not even done yet. Like, there's still, yeah. uh, I think we're like maybe a third of the way there. Um, we exactly, can do this. Like, almost exactly a third of the way there. A little bit yeah. more. 
six. So we have seven revealed so far that are going to be, well, wait, hold on, actually. One, two, three, four, Oh, yeah, because Tunic is seven, part of it. Eight. Yeah, so we're we like have, almost we half. Have, we have eight that have been revealed so far, including Tunic. Um, Sweet. Three of which are legendaries, one of which was mm-hmm. my, my preview card. Um, yeah. I can say, so as we're talking about the expansion slot, I can say, so I asked, I asked LSS, and I said this in my reveal video. I was like, hey, so since this is an expansion slot card and it's a legendary, what type of card treatments can we expect for this card? Like, is it going to be rainbow foil, cold foil? What, what, what is it going to be? And they told me that it will be regular in, it'll be in rainbow foil and cold foil. So... Mm-hmm. That means that the expansion slot isn't just going to be kind of like the list from Magic, where it's just like, here's the one version and that's it. Uh, it seems like you're going to be able to get variants in the expansion slot. Yeah. It's unsure. kind of like a regular slot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm unsure if you're going to be able to get Rainbow Foil of the other cards, probably, is what is what my guess is. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I'm still like... I think it's going to be really expensive. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But like some of these cards, like expansion slot, keep in mind, it's only one in 16 packs. So that's less than two per box on average. And if you're pulling like, you know, you pull, we'll, we'll talk about some of, the, some of the other cards, but you get like an already dead in one box and then you get your smashing performance in another box and then you get your riptide card in another box and you all you need are three of the Tome of Imperial Flames. Then you're going to be like, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going interesting. Yeah, but the, the, the fact that they're also quite hero-specific means that some people might not even care about those cards anyway, so they might still be essentially available. Like, if you're if you're cracking yeah. these packs and there's a Dromai card in there, you don't really care about it. They might just go straight into the marketplace, for instance, but yeah, it's well, hard, to really tell, hard to really tell about that, really. It depends on how competitive viable they are, right? If every competitive player yeah. needs three Tome of Imperial Flame, if you're playing Dromai, then they're going to be expensive. Is what I'm, is what yeah, I'm saying. Right. But that's yeah. the same very thing, right? It's the same very card, I guess. Um, it depends on how much rarer they are than any random majestic. True. Right. Yeah. yeah. We have yeah. no idea. We will but, see. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so uh, moving on, uh, one that I will just very briefly touch on because there's a whole spoiler video that you should definitely go watch. Um, there was also uh, Kells, Red Zone Rogue, spoiler, Shriek Razors, uh, which is an assassin equipment. Um, while it's in your graveyard at the start of your turn, you can destroy two silvers if you do equip this. So it's similar to the other um, rebuy uh, equipment that assassins already have access to. Uh, and it has Battle Worn 1, as well as the activated ability attack reaction, two resources, destroy this. Target attack action defending an assassin attack gets minus one. Um, like I said, you should definitely go watch Red Zone Rogue's video. Uh, it's a very, very good spoiler video. Um, exceptional. Uh, I think this card is very interesting. A lot of people are comparing it to Shred. Um, notably, yeah. it is a little bit more um, narrow than Shred because it is just target attack action card instead of yeah. just target card defending an assassin card. But the mm-hmm. fact that it's potentially repeatable and also always available um, means that it could just be an omnipresent force <laughs> yeah i didn't mention it so a couple things that i mentioned in my video yeah as bill said this completes the cycle so now you have a full suite of what i call the silver cycle so you have uh, uh massacre Perdition, redback shroud black tech whispers and shriek razor so you have a full set of these silver pieces so you can rock up with that so if, if they ever like really push silver it could be a situation where you 
bust all your equipment and then you just buy them all back on your next turn and then have another four block and you could it could be mm-hmm. pretty nasty if they if they go into that but uh things to note this is only really good against physical heroes so even if this card ends up being good uh it won't be good against every single matchup because it's like terrible against kano or like icelander or something like that dorinthia <laughs> even yeah true. yeah, yeah. dorinthia yeah. against warriors in general um and um I actually think so. The, the big discussion that I've seen around, you know, a lot of assassin players are like, you know, do you run this over flick knives? And that's something that I was thinking as well. Like, do you run this over flick knives? Because flick knives, you know, it's it's basically two free damage. Um, mm-hmm. This one, you can block first and then apply the damage, so it still gives you about one point or two points of um, value, even if you don't buy it back. And flick knives also gives you about maybe three points of value if you crack both of your both your daggers and then then you block with it. Um, mm-hmm. what I like about Shriek Razors is that it helps you push on hit effects through um, and it makes blocks super awkward because it just sits there and has the threat of activation yeah. so you can have situations where you can kind of like and this is what I really like about it I didn't mention this in the video but this is I, I like that it plays into the the sneaky nature of Assassin where you can attack with something and then kind of bait them and then mm-hmm. make them think yeah. that you have a nasty on hit effect and they overblock and you're like cool i don't do anything like yeah yeah thanks for blocking with your whole hand buddy um so that's that's um, why i like tree razors the thing that's kind of interesting too is effects like this sometimes get overlooked um like just on board tricks like uh the amount of times that i've forgotten that my opponent has access to breaking scales yeah and i just get completely blown out by it because it's like oh dang like they they had that one extra damage to push this over the top to get their mask of momentum trigger or whatever like in this case you're looking at um on hits for like um uh like leave no witnesses and it, uh, surgical extraction it, it makes it makes the swap super awkward when you swap it like a shakedown and they blocked six and then now they mm-hmm. need to block at least seven right uh to, mm-hmm. to make sure they don't get hit by it it's so that, that's that's what makes it a worth yeah, yeah it's the whole it's the whole thing to, to to shout out our friend dead summer art um which i'm sure we'll speak about a little bit later with regards oh, yeah. to the D stuff um we were speaking uh on a on a previous podcast for the dungeons and dragons session about sip sip which i've never heard before the starts in play stays in play yeah. situation mm-hmm. things similar to scowling flesh bag mm-hmm. and things that just sit in play and give you that threat of activation which is what you guys just said yeah. Uh, it screws up it screws up your entire blocking maths because you have to then account for the fact that if they then play the thing or your high value attack card which you've 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 measured as 3 is now a 2 so you then have mm-hmm. to think right well okay if i block of my helmet now you're actually throwing these other things into the equation even though the thing hasn't even happened yet which is the mind games that assassins should be playing i think going forward so yeah i think it's i think mm-hmm. it's really good for that yeah, and the on-hit effects are like good enough that you really have to think about that because it could be the difference between yeah. losing another card from your hand or not. And it's like, well, if you could have blocked with it anyway to prevent the damage, then you probably should have blocked with it rather than getting it ripped from your hand. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So definitely, I personally, as an assassin player, um, I think you'll probably still run flick knives a decent amount, but I really think people should consider testing shriek razors at least a little bit because i think i think there is some merit there um even if it's just one of the cards that you have in your sideboard that you board in against like you know the heavy physical attack uh classes like 
I think yeah, this is like nasty. Shriek Rizzers versus something like uh, like Fi, who is pretty bad at blocking anyway. Like any, maybe not so bad. Yeah, like <laughs> Ranger, Azalea, like any any like any physical, honestly. Yeah. Um, don't bring uh, Azalea into this, please. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but speaking of impactful on hits that mm, assassins have access ooh, to, yes. we actually have the next card, which is quite interesting as well. <laughs> yeah so for any of you who know the reference or speak japanese uh, this card is called already dead um yeah. it's an assassin attack action uh it comes in red uh attacks for, or it attacks for six costs two and blocks for three so the two for six that blocks three is like a pretty standard um assassin sort of break point for red cards that we've seen recently um but uh this is another contract card which i think is interesting we're going, kind of going back to that this one is you were contracted to banish opponents non-action cards, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is it, uh, that that reaction. wording feels strange. It's because it, um, it's because it can banish instance. Well, you can't block with instance, at least not yet. All the instances have zero block uh, reactions and equipment. You can banish yes. equipment with this. Yeah. So it's it's what it's what that's looking for. And this card does do that because the effect is when this hits a hero. You banish the top card of their deck and a defending card. Ooh, it's uh, nice. So very, very interesting. The only other time we've seen something like this is um, whirlwind, uh, spinning roundhouse. No, whirlwind kick. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's the there's a majestic uh, ninja attack action combo card that works off of I believe it's uh, spinning roundhouse um, that uh, banishes a random card. Uh, from the like a random defending card from the chain Um, which is already like people have talked about like that effect is just really good for the potential that it has to potentially um, banish an equipment Uh, this one you are allowed to choose the defending card Um, and I believe because cards are still defending even if the chain closes because it would be the same with Cyclone Roundhouse that's the name of the card Um, I believe you could pick a defending card from a previous chain link Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as it is a defending card, I think you can still do it. Um, yeah, as long I, as the I'm, chain isn't broken, I think. Yeah, I'm fully yeah. willing to be wrong about that. <laughs> I'm I, not sure, I'm yeah. just kind of going off the dome, but I'm pretty sure they still count as defending cards. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, so really interesting card, really powerful effect potentially. Uh, again, being able to just like snipe your opponent's equipment. Um, this and is... if you like. Oh, go ahead. If go you ahead. put this in as Azuri and your opponent's just like, yeah, whatever, I'll block with my, um, with my, I can't even, all the ones that I'm thinking of tech, right now break tech on. Tech plating? Yeah, like tech plating or uh, Brave Forge Bracers or mm. a Valiant Dynamo even, like, uh, and you just to get to their banish grasp it. Of the Ark Knight. Uh, Value. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's nice. Already and, Dead is a Windmill Slam three of in every Assassin deck. It is obviously yep. better in Uzuri because every assassin card's better in Uzuri because Uzuri is just better. But you also run this in Arachne because you know it's a Arachne. Also, this is yeah. the very first assassin card that has six attack. Um, or no, that's not, not that's not entirely true. Uzuri has one as well, but like because yeah. she has shakedown. Generic, like, yeah, yeah. Generic um, assassin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, um, it's a, a pretty unique card. And it is very good. And uh, assassins are going to be running this. Just, Definitely, it's just really good. It's like so nasty if you have options. This is this is the kind of stuff that you really want. Where you're like coming in with a stealth card with uh, 
with Uzuri and you have two options, right? You have already dead and you have another, you know, whatever one, like a surgical or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to block with my equipment. And then you're like, cool. Uh, I'm going to eat your equipment. Like, yeah. yeah. And oh, for sweet. the trouble, give myself a silver. <laughs> yeah. And I can, uh-huh. I can, you know, crack my shriek razors to make sure that it hits and then buy it back. Cause uh, I just banished your, banished your, you know, gloves or whatever. So. I banished your freaking uh, rampart of the Ram's head. Um, yeah, yeah. One. Oh. oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. That's one thing to note on the. Uh, I'm not sure whether we mentioned it but on the on the comparison between flick knives and um, street razors. Is that flick knives just blows up if you block of it, whereas street razors you can actually just continuously block if you can buy it back. So yeah, it gives you more yeah. gives you more defense over over yeah. time as well. All, um, all has, of the... uh, technically a higher ceiling. Yeah. yeah, all of the the silver equipment, the 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 rebuy. Um, which I, yeah. I, I, just as a side note, I still love the idea of you block with your thing and then you just have to go like, Oh, sorry. I just got to dip down to the shops and get myself some new gloves. Yeah, um, yeah. I do. I do want to mention, I don't want to talk too much about the streak razors, but I, it's also re- works really well with black text because you can make it so that the, the attack hits. So it gives you go again from the black text thing. And anyway, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stop talking about the assassin cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, that brings us up to the next one to talk about. Uh, some of these next ones are going to be pretty quick, and I think this is probably one of them. Um, we have a brute card, mm. uh, brute attack. This yeah. is uh, smashing performance, which is a yellow three cost six attack with no block value. So similar to like smash with big tree or pulping, uh, you cannot block with this card. It is not possible. Um, when this attacks, draw a card, then discard a random card. If a card with six or more attack is discarded this way, destroy a random item in the arena. Um, so obviously, a tech card against very specific decks, um, you'd probably want to play this against, I mean, obviously, Dash is is the first thing that comes to mind, somebody that cares a lot about items. Um, there are, however, a couple other heroes that this might actually be decent into. Like, um, there are certain builds of, like, Dorinthia that care about getting... Um, uh quicksilver no not quicksilver or like um potions and stuff yeah like potions and stuff um kano likes potions yeah um so it's it's possible that you could see that in there um, this is definitely like just a tech option for your for your field what, one, for you casual minded folks out there one thing i'd like to note is that it just says a random item in the arena not a random item controlled by that player so if you're playing upf this literally destroys any ra- random item. Doesn't even have to be the person you're attacking. I'm pretty sure this could pick literally anyone at the table. It could so. pick your own if you had a, a potion in play or yeah. something. You yeah, could yeah. destroy your own potion and be like, ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, but a lot of people are a lot of people are obviously trashing on it to a certain degree because uh, it doesn't block. And yeah. you know, as I think that I think people are up in arms about the fact, oh, a brute can't block and all this, but. So that being said, we haven't seen any of the items in this new set. Some of those items could yeah. be absolutely ridiculous, and you want whatever cards you, you can want, put yeah. you to want, try like, and get get rid of them. If they end up being good, maybe you need three smashing performance, three arc smash. Like you just need as much token interaction as or item interaction as possible. Um, exactly. So we don't. We haven't seen. We haven't seen what the ceiling is on it yet because we haven't seen any new items in this set because it's all been Evo stuff so far mm-hmm. right as far as I'm, I'm aware yeah um so yeah just watch watch the space um it's hard to evaluate these cards 
this early on, but uh, we enjoy speaking about them anyway. So thanks for joining us. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> but, I, have, um, I have two things to say about this card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The first one has to do with lore, and I made a whole video on it. Uh, and that is, I'm pretty sure this uh, card plus Numskull yeah. hints at a set called Deathmatch. And if you watch the video that I made about this, I go really deep into, in, into it. But um, I think it's going to be a um, Battle Royale set similar to Everfest, but brutal. And there's going to be like good. all classes fighting in the in the death match against each other. And I think it's yeah. just going to be super cool. So I think that is going to be one of the Savage Lands sets. And, mm-hmm. and awesome. uh, this references death match in the flavor text, as well as the card uh, Numskull references death match, except for the card Numskull writes Deathmatch as capital D, capital M. And this one just mm-hmm. says Deathmatch as one word, which is why I believe that the one with the capital M is referencing the name of an upcoming set. Deathmatch, why else? Yeah. Why else would they write Very it differently cool. uh, in two sets? Um, but even if, but even if, like for law purposes or sort of theme and flavor purposes, even if it wasn't UPF Battle Royale, if it was just an arena in, oh, I don't, in, I don't necessarily think it's UPF. I think, it, I think it's just going to be an expansion set, uh, like, yeah, Ever, be, like Everfest. I think it's going to be like Everfest, yeah. and it'll have support for all the classes. And the reason it has support for all the classes is because they're all fighting in the death yeah. match. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like Bobby Crucible quality. of War. <laughs> and then, and it would be yeah. a great opportunity to give uh, Reinar his like Starvo treatment because then it could be like Champion Reinar and he's like the winner of the Deathmatch or whatever. Uh, oh yeah. And he gives all attacks with six or more base power uh, plus two dominate and go again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Intimidate your opponent's entire hand. Yeah. Um, Intimidate right. your opponent every time you draw a card that has six or more power. <laughs> every time you look wow. at them funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then the other thing about this card, and this is a more of a design thing. I really like when they make cards like this. I know a lot of brute players are like, "No, it's not a strict upgrade to what we're already playing, so it sucks." Um, which is, you know, I get it. Your Reinar's like not exactly a top tier hero, so I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I do like it when any card game, not just Flesh and Blood, but I like it when card games design cards like this because they occupy this space where it's like obviously against a certain it's it's like sideboard tech basically and i really like it when they do this kind of thing they're like hey we're gonna you know make these cards that you can use in certain situations but aren't always staples you don't put three of these in every single reinar deck but you might put some in in a deck if you know the matchup requires it and i really like Mm -hmm. that kind of design space just in card games in general um so Yeah, yeah and obviously speaking about design space as well this card is unique in design space because it cares about not having a block value. So if there's a payoff in the next brute set that cares about cards with zero block values, that could also be something that they print because there's cards out there which don't have which which can't block. So if yeah, so if there so there's so there's space there to explore. Too, so yeah, yeah, like Wild Ride and Smashing Big Tree and oh, there's a whole bunch. A few, <laughs> exactly, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, quite, there's 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 a lot of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's interesting. And honestly, speaking of exploring design space, uh, we have the the finale of the Karate Kid saga. <laughs> um, we now have Wax Off, uh, which is a ninja defense reaction. Um, it is a blue block two, so a little bit below where you would normally. I guess no, that's that's where it would be for blue anyway. Fl- yeah. Flick flack blocks two, it's, but then also gives plus two. Yeah. yeah, let's not talk about flick flack though. Flick flack kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, anyway, so defense reaction blue blocks for two costs zero. 
uh, and it is very, very simple. One line of text. If you've played Wax on this turn, create a Zen State token. It's a and it's a defense reaction combo. It's a defense reaction combo, which is yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I would have loved if they actually put like a combo on it. Um, yeah. But I guess then it would have to be like if the last thing you played was wax on and that's weird in the reaction step. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Stuff. But anyway, it is a defense reaction combo. So I think that's very cool. Uh, this was the card that I sort of alluded to as being a little bit polarizing because some people are like, well, like, why would you want to play wax on like wax on for for those of you who don't know is uh, <laughs> I mean... not not the best card. Um, it's I can see an argument for that because there is a thing. Where like when you're talking about like competitive card games and stuff, it's like, hey, uh, don't play bad cards to make your other cards better. Just play, just mm-hmm. play all good cards, kind of kind of thing. And mm-hmm. wax, yeah. wax the, on isn't exactly the best card. The thing that is uh, kind of the, the the thing that I would like to say about that is that Zen State tokens are incredibly powerful. Yeah, they good. are. So like a game warpingly good, honestly. Um, one there's a up? reason that there's a reason that we only have one card that can make them, and it requires it's a it's the end of a three line combo, and the card that you attack attack with only has two attack. <laughs> um, do Techn- you have? Technically, you can make a Zen State token with Yorick's specialization. <laughs> Just, this is true. Um, this is true. <laughs> Uh, do you have a Zen State token up so we can read it? I'm pretty sure it like prevents yeah. one, it, it like absorbs whenever, one yeah. damage for the whole turn or something like that, right? It's it's it absorbs one damage from every damage source yeah. that comes in for two turns. Two turns Ooh. because it comes in with a counter and then you remove the counter on the next turn. At the it's at the beginning of your action phase, and then um, I guess with this one, no, it still stick around for two turns. Um, here, I'll I'll actually bring it up so that I'm not. Uh, just trying to remember, but that's that's basically what it is. Okay, so Zen State is a ninja token aura. It enters the arena with one balance counter on it. At the beginning of your action phase, destroy Zen, Zen State unless you remove a balance counter from it. Mm-hmm. So it sticks around for at least basically two turns. Uh, and then whenever your hero would be dealt damage, prevent one damage that source would deal. Yeah. So I also so, rune chance to absolutely nothing yeah, against this. It yeah. completely so, nullifies rune chance. Ash it nullifies ash wings. It makes blocks so much more efficient. Um, it like basically lowers all of your breakpoints by so one. Like, it's crazy. Wax off technically blocks for three if you get the Zen state. So it potentially blocks a billion. Well, yeah, but but in the <laughs> like, but immediately, yeah, 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 because you, you'll three. get you'll get it when you play it before damage is dealt. So you'll get the Zen state, yeah. and then damage will be dealt, and so it actually absorbs three, which is actually not bad, yeah. right? It's just a three block. So, um, so that's the, that's basically the one thing that I want to say is like the fact that this card looks really weak and like maybe is weak because it it is based on you having to play wax on, which as we said, is maybe not the best card having er- easy access to Zen states, I think would be the easiest way to make playing against ninjas feel miserable for most decks. I, <laughs> Zen I states, I think, are way too good. Zen states are very good. I would like to point out what Wax On does just to give a little yes. bit of context yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so people know like what they're dealing with. So a Wax On is also a defense reaction. Um, I'm looking at the blue one, which blocks for one. I'm pretty sure the red one blocks for three, which is also not yeah. great for a defense reaction. So it's a zero-cost ninja defense reaction. Wax On 
A wall wax on is defending an attack action card with cost zero. It has plus two. So if you're blocking something with a cost of zero, the red one will block for a total of five, right? Uh, so it goes uh, three, two, one, uh, red, yellow, blue. Um, so you need to double, double de-react. And so, you know, this is another one of the things that like, hey, I like this kind of design space where they're just opening up different op- opportunities where you can do like, maybe you're going to do a turtle your ninja turtle katsu you know maybe comes back and yeah, then you're doing ninja like katsu. flick flax and then all the wax on wax offs and um you just kill some kadachis or whatever and this is good this is good into kadachis it's a blue zero yeah and that's a, that, that's the thing i think this is also a bit of foreshadowing for the fact that we might go to mysteria quite soon because obviously on these cards as well it depicts this master morita art of the hand yeah. so this mm-hmm. could be this this could be this new defensive ninja which in a ninja focused set could be good at defending a lot of low to the ground attacks with all of these weird things that you know uh, you know sort of parry um attack re- uh, attack action cards and then give you zen state also parry other sort of low to the ground smaller attacks so i think this is th- you know this master marita art of the hand which appears on the flavor text could also be a hero for when we go to uh, mysteria and it's going to be a defensive ninja which cares about these defensive cards on yeah. his hero ability i mean that would be, that'd be pretty that'd interesting be really cool. for a mysterious set if the ninja from the set is not like an aggressive ninja it's like a defensive ninja just an absolute white bearded sensei bloke absolutely the master Um, marita (laughs) also i I will say uh one of our i forget who it was when when somebody posted wax off they said um like can you imagine like this is magical christmas land probably never going to happen but can you imagine your opponent attacks in with something and you go wax on triple wax off get three <laughs> zen state tokens oh wow yeah but, i didn't but, think of that but then you just block with your whole hand and you have nothing to do on your turn <laughs> no but then you have then you have the the zen states for another turn cycle That's true. after that. you have one one turn of like of minus three yeah. to everything yeah yeah <laughs> wow so That's like brilliant. it would be pretty cool um but yeah anyway so i think the the thing that people have to keep in mind is that if you perceive this card as bad, it is necessary that it is this bad. Um, I don't personally think that it's ne- that it's that bad, um, especially for the effect that it has. Oh. But if it was any easier to do this, it would not be good for the game. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to do it. All you have to do is play wax, wax on. But I mean, it, it does kind of suck that it doesn't have combo because you can't search for it with all the cards that care about combo. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true, too. But um, it's probably a, a, a calculated decision on their part. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And also, like, can you? Uh, I just like can, cards like this. It's cool. Can um, while we're just live, can you both check the chat? Oh, you have. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I did. He's got the scene where where Neo has figured out that he's the one, and he's blocking all of Agent Smith's attacks <laughs> <laughs> with one hand as well. Yeah. It's like, doosh, yeah. Doosh, 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 doosh. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so moving on, we have two more that we can talk about here. Uh, as a note, they did update. Uh, February did update already, and we do have intoxicating shot uh, in the gallery. Fantastic. So that was pretty quick. That's <laughs> um, page. Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Up. Uh, and then, yeah, the next one up that we have is one that people are are kind of up on, honestly. And I, I, I see why. 
Uh, we sort of alluded to it previously. It's called Tome of Imperial Flame. So we have another <laughs> entry into the tome cycle, um, which are, you know, not a real cycle, but we have a bunch of tomes. Uh, so this is a red, uh, red pitch, zero cost action uh, with no block. It has no attack, no block. Um, and it reads, draw a card. If you are royal, instead draw two cards. You may pitch two red cards. If you don't, banish your hand. Uh, and then the reminder text, you do gain resource points from pitching this way. So it's telling you to pitch two cards, uh, pitch two red cards specifically. If you don't, then you don't get any value from it. But if you do, then um, there are really good um, use cases for this, even within like Dromai. Um, the something that somebody mentioned already is with the emperor this is a one card command and conquer um because you are always royal you pitch oh, the two cards not. you can only play red cards anyway so as so even if you have no cards in your hand this pitches the two for you um you wouldn't want to do it just with an empty hand though because you would need at least one extra card to cnc but then as long as you have one other card in your hand this is a cnc um so yeah i, I think this oh, card because you can because you can tutor it is that what you yeah. mean yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you you have one extra you have two cards in your hand one of them's tome you play the tome draw two cards pitch two reds you have two resources yeah. floating pitch the third red activate emperor for a cnc oh, um, yeah. off of a two-card hand really um yeah. Yeah. so yeah i think this card is very cool um i think that it probably will make some amount of impact in dromai this also makes two ash wings or two ashes rather not i think this wings. is like really good in dromai because like this this is like yeah. ash Ash positive, and then you get card selection. Not really card advantage, but you get card selection. You get card uh, selection, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't find any faults with this. I think it's interesting that this is the first time we're seeing pitch cards. As, we're seeing cards that, are, that have a cost to pitch cards, or like an effect to pitch yeah. cards that actually gets you the value from them, uh, which I think is interesting. Um, this is the first time we've seen this sort of thing, and I, I do like it as a design space, so that's really cool. I also yeah. like, obviously it's a great and cool and emperor, but I think I like that they just made it draconic. So like, yeah, if I can technically use it, it's probably terrible for him. But like if they make another draconic hero, it's like, you know, you could always consider this card. It's an interesting yeah. card. Cause like I said, I think it'd, it'd probably go, be worth just picking up a couple if they're yeah. cheap. Uh, I don't the, think it will be. I think it'll be expensive, but we'll see. <laughs> With the expansion slot uh -huh. cards, it's kind of hard I, to tell where they're going to be. But yeah, also, I think it's just going to be good enough in Dromai that it'll probably be a, a chase card. If I had to guess, this is the Living Legends finance corner real quick. I think <laughs> Tome of Imperial Flame uh, and Already Dead are both going to be the, the the two of the more valuable Majestics. Uh, whereas um, Wax Off, uh, Smashing Performance, and Intoxicating Shot will probably be on the cheaper side. Um mm -hmm. Because they probably will be much less played than the other ones. Mm -hmm. I, I think Tome of Sick Imperial Flame uh, is going to be like, I think all Dromai players are going to want it. And then Already yeah. Dead, all Assassin players want a, want a full playset of that as well. So, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. And then last but certainly not least, we have uh, the new Light Warrior equipment that we were kind of mentioning previously. Uh, this one is called Warband of Bologna. Uh, art is fantastic. Soyame, shout out. Beautiful. Excellent. Um, as nice. always, um, this is, as I said, a light warrior equipment headpiece. Uh, it has temper two, and it also has action, pay two resources, destroy this. The next time you attack this turn, you may charge your hero's soul. If a yellow card is charged this way, you draw a card, and then the effect has go again. 
So uh, yeah. obviously something that Bolton just wants to do, wants to have cards in soul and the fact that it's card kind of neutral. I mean, you have to pitch to to uh, pay two. for the effect yeah, and then the charge. It's like not as negative as it could be, though. <laughs> and the fact that it's yeah. an effect that's just always in play, like you're not going to have this stranded in your hand or whatever, taking up the slot of something that could be useful. Yeah. This can slot in when you have the resources and able to be able to do it. And, um, you know, you get sort of a card back, um, especially with the cards that we saw that all have, um, what is it, Soul Flare? that care about they give you an effect when they're charged into your soul this can sort of make that even better um yeah so honestly very interesting uh i think bolton is is going to be completely head over heels in love with this oh, headpiece yeah, for sure. um yeah i think this is just the bolton headpiece uh, and it makes a lot of sense um, it might as well be also a bolton specialization, has, honestly yeah also it has extended art so it's gorgeous. I'm always a sucker for extended art. <laughs> yeah, I imagine this one probably comes. It's, pro it's probably like the uh, Dust Till Dawn, where it's like it's just rainbow foil or extended art cold foil. Yeah. There probably won't be like a regular cold foil and then the extended art. Probably just be the two. Um, yeah, a couple things to note, which is cool, is that this card actually says you may charge your hero's soul, so it's not just putting it into the the soul. So it counts as yeah. charging for things it is that very care about specifically charging. Yeah. So it does that. Um, costing two is brutal, but you know you can maybe lever. You know, maybe you can pitch a blue and then pay two to do this, and pay one to do your take flight or whatever, or whatever car or your uh, not take flight uh, via the vanguard. Um, so like, yeah, it's it's uh, this is the kind of effect that I wanted for Bolton. Just you know, I'd, it'd be cool to have this like, you know, more than once and, and not yeah. and not cost two. Um, <laughs> We were talking about this in the in the Rogues Gallery Discord, and it's like, I think it's pretty good. I think I think Bolton's going to play it, um, but well, what else does he have? He had the Halo of Illumination, which just said put a card from your hand into your hero's soul. So it doesn't doesn't yeah, even charge. One, doesn't even that work. One specifically, with... wasn't charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that one does not count as had... charging. Yeah. And then he just had the defensive equipment for his head. So I guess yeah. this is just a this is just a Bolton replacement for the head isn't it so yeah. it's like you, if you want to be if you want to be uh cheeky you can be you can run like the helm of sharp eye or whatever but yeah oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no i think this is like um, definitely great for bolton um hey he's on his way maybe someday bolton will be good um i have seen a lot of people looking at the the list of like heroes represented in like nationals and they see like um Bolton, uh, Vincent, and Prism, and Le Levi, and they're like, man, it'd be great to have a set that specifically supports those four heroes. Um, <laughs> Dust Till Dawn? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, anyway. Yeah, let's just wait. Let's just wait till Tales of Aria and Elemental Heroes get the hell out of here, and then we'll see what happens after that. Because Definitely. they're the ones that are terrorizing everything, aren't they? Or have been at least. Monarch well, and, then, and then Dromai's just, just gonna general. then Dromai's just gonna stomp on everyone. Uh, those see. darn talents. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those um, darn talents that aren't shadow or light, or specifically the old prism that had Luminaris. <laughs> or chain, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. That damn design space without Brian Gottlieb. Hey, it turns out like getting getting go again on all your crap is just really good, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's pretty good. 
Lexi? First I've heard of that. G- give Gogan to all your crap. Chain, give Gogan to all your crap. Luminaris, give Gogan to all your crap. Hmm, I think there's a common thread between all of these things, That's right? right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, so that's all of the uh spoilers that we have to talk about, all the revealed cards up till now. You can also get um, a tunic. Remember, you can always get a tunic as well. You can always get a tunic. Yeah. Tunic is, yes. is just gonna be there. So the expansion slot is is definitely still gonna be spicy. Uh no worries about that. Um but uh but yeah, with that being said, that's all of the spoilers. We do have a couple of things in the mailbag for today. Uh, I will throw it over to Az to sort of share some of those. Yeah, so um, so uh, again, these are uh, either comments on YouTube videos or Twitter uh, tags or things that pop into our email address. So we haven't got any emails this week, but the, if you want to put your longer sort of thoughts, comments, and questions in there, it's the Living Legends Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but um, picked out a few things today, one of one of which we've already gone over, which was the fact that someone said, oh, someone tell as that there's a loner's area in top eight. We covered that earlier. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for that. But one of the next ones is from a comment on a video, actually, which I thought was hilarious. This is when we were speaking about the uh, round the table product. Mm. And uh, and then um, so so Ryan early eight seven four eight four days ago. Um, oh, actually, no, it could be any amount of days when I screen grab this. So don't don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm already ready for round the table cross living legends podcast. I hope the prof product succeeds so he can keep getting UPF products seeded into the game. I played EDH before Commander was invented. It was fun, but it wasn't as engaging as a format eventually became as they released more multiplayer oriented cards. I think UP- UPF needs to go on that journey to mature from good to great. So uh, interesting, interesting comment. But I, abs- I just love the fact that he was ready for a round the table cross living legends podcast product with all of our likenesses. <laughs> as much as much as I would love that, I think it's more likely that LSS is like. Hey, command zone. Like, let's have a Very much so. Jimmy and Josh thing, even though you don't mm. do anything to do with flesh and blood, you're just really popular and then you do multiplayer content. I, I feel like yeah. that's well, more likely, but hey. You never know. Yeah. You never know. We got we got one we, we got one person here, Ryan, that would buy it, LSS. So there we go. That's all we need yeah. to start the yeah. train. Yeah. Leave a comment on our on the Red Zone Rogue videos or wherever you wherever you want to post you, it on social would media. You buy a round the table living legends product and then i don't know who the fourth person would be probably like ian or something like someone who just who comes on as our our uh, yeah. extra guest um but or uh, someone we just mention all the time just like you know jim from fam teaser g cards yeah, or you know, yeah. Yeah. some random it's, the other character is just jim and no no explanation <laughs> it's neither fab tcg cards jim or bill's brother it's just it's just, it's just Jim. Jim. Yeah. Just Jim. Just, yeah, just a guy named Jim. And he's just like, he's just standing there. He's just like, it's he's just Jim. standing there. Yeah. yeah. It's Jim. You know, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But, um, but yeah, so I just thought that, I just thought that was funny. Um, and, um, another one was, again, this was a, uh, this was another YouTube, uh, comment, uh, from Jody, who's actually from the UK, who is appreciating something that we are going to speak about very, very quickly after this. And that is, Less than 10 minutes in and questioning how to persuade information from a box. RPGs are truly a work of art. Oh, that's so good. Um, so that, yeah. was a, that was a comment in relation to our recent Dungeons & Dragons session. In the yeah, world of so, Earth. I'm going to say, 
Y'all listening to this, watching this, go watch the second episode <laughs> of our Flesh and Blood D&D campaign. It is really, really good. If you like D&D, do you like D&D? Do you like I tabletop like RPGs? Absolutely. I like RGBs. RGBs. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> do you like Flesh and Blood? If you answered yes to any of those, you should go check it out. I think YouTube kind of put out a hit on the video. I don't know why it didn't perform as well, uh, whereas the first one did. Um, maybe I didn't clickbait it enough, but I have since changed the thumbnail back to kind of an original kale design, Dead Summer art design, and it's slowly starting to get some views. We're at like 443 now. Um, and comparatively, typical is uh, between 1,000 and 1.6 thousand for that time frame. So, hey, maybe go watch it and let's get it up to 1,000. That would be cool. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. um, you know, put a lot it, of work into it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, a lot of work, a lot of time. And that's also probably one of the reasons that it's hard to evaluate, right? Because it's a three hour episode. We have to sort of lay the groundwork with the fact that it's a long one. And the next yeah. one is even longer <laughs> than that. It's longer. The next one is the finale. And it, it goes places. This episode, episode two, also goes places. There's some cool stuff that go on. It's set in the pits, but things get wild. Uh, and I did get yeah. a comment yesterday from uh, Minjate that says, yes, so glad this is back. So like, hey, it's not just us tooting our own horns. Like people like it. Some people like it. Go watch <laughs> exactly. it and see, see if you like it too. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. At the very least, it was a lot of fun. So Yes, and yeah. And we will be doing it again. And this is why I mentioned Max Ferocity earlier. We're going to be doing yeah. it again and potentially with Max Ferocity. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that and more information regarding that. But um, if you like D&D, if you like Flesh and Blood, especially if you like the lore, definitely check it out and definitely look forward to it because um, there's some cool stuff and we're going to be doing some more cool stuff, hopefully in time for Bright Lights. So, yes. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Maybe we can move on to Arsenal step now, because that's one thing that I've just literally been, my head has been in Dungeons and Dragons world creating mode for the last couple of days. So, so I'm just making a world which probably won't even see the light of day, but it's just the fact that the, that why I love Dungeons and Dragons is because it's just so there's, there's obviously rules and stuff that are in place, right? But you can just do anything you want with it. And that, that comes across in our D&D &D sessions that we've had. We've had, the obviously, the world of Wraith skin over it, but it just goes in random and weird directions, which is just awesome. And you can just tell amazing stories with it, and that's one of the reasons why I play games, personally. But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just had my head in, head in lots of D&D &D books recently, <laughs> losing myself in those. I just, I'm just a huge fan of tabletop RPGs in general. So exactly, yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. And obviously anyone who's a, knows what I do and, you know, just my channel in general, I love creating characters and I can definitely see myself. Yeah. This is some, something I've thought about a lot. Um, like I, I can definitely see myself someday working at a, like at a company on a card game or something. But, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to design cards. I want to develop cards. But I can actually see myself working in like the creative department for yeah. uh, on a card game. Um, I think I would find that both enjoyable and like very fulfilling i love making characters and you know that, that that's just super fun to me um but yeah same i 
Hmm, what I what have I been doing? I've just been I did videos recently. I'm just really glad that my last two videos were well received, which is my uh dust hold on or my bright lights spoiler video and um uh-huh. yesterday's video, which was a um well not not yesterday for you listening to this now, but Monday's video, which was my uh top five uh TCGs that I'm currently playing in 2023. Uh, and then also like a, a deck for each. So I show off a deck for each. That's something I've been planning for a while. I figured it would do well, and it's glad I'm glad to see that it's doing well. Um, so, yeah. and then I have more content. It never ends; just never. It's always perpetual grind. So, I'm going to be always doing content. doing something for Al- uh, Alpha Clash. My Alpha Clash spoiler is on Thursday. They gave me something really cool to spoil. Um, nice. Yeah, it makes sense awesome. too. But yeah. That's a great thing about uh, TCGs at the moment in this day and age is that there is a aesthetic or an IP or something that you can gravitate towards, whether you're a fan yeah. of superheroes or anime or dark fantasy or uh, Doctor Who. You can go wherever you yeah. want, basically. And um, that's that's a great thing about the, the world we live in now is you can just choose what game you want to play uh, based on how you like the look of it, which, yeah, is, which is great. I mean... I don't want to get too much into the weeds with this, but um, yeah. it's really that that's really what to me, the so-called TCG Renaissance is. It's a, it's a term that I kind of coined like two or so years ago in a video that I just said, Hey, we're in a TCG Renaissance. That might be the, the title of the video, but the, what the true Renaissance to me, it's not like, you know, um, new, you know, versions of card games. It's not like, you know, innovation in that regard. But the TCG Renaissance to me is is a reinvigoration of interest in TCGs in the world. And that's just, it's mm-hmm. just this, this resurgence of the TCG as a hobby that a lot of people are now looking at and picking up. And I think games like even, you know, games that I might not be interested in, like Lorcana, I think are really helping with this because they're bringing in a whole new generation of people who are going to love trading card games. And then you have your mainstays like Magic the Gathering that are still doing well, regardless of how you feel about them. They're making money, man. They're, they're, they're doing well. And then there's stuff like Flesh and Blood who are just kind of like carving their own thing. And then aside it, there's just so much others, like as said. If you like superheroes, you got that. If you like anime, you got that. You if you want something mm. nostalgic, hey, you can go play the Digimon game. Or if you are into One Piece, you can do that. So like Well, it's like grid based grid based yeah. art and stuff. You can do sorcery, you know, casual and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, there's loads of different things you can do. Yeah, there's just, a it's just a great time to be a geek, really. There's another one coming out sort of soon. It's going to be in Kickstarter that I've made one video on before, and I've actually done some consulting work for this game. It's called Grim Path. And if you like, if you like a grid based thing, if you like Warhammer or even like XCOM or something like that, um, you're going to love this game. It's super cool. The guy who's making it is uh, someone who used to work at Double Fine. He worked on Brutal Legend and Psychonauts. Like he's a video game industry veteran. He knows how to make a good game. and it's i think it's good and the art is good and uh, i think it's gonna be really fun so maybe like yeah there's a lot of options there's a lot of options out there um yeah so definitely yeah hell yeah that's um that's that but yeah with that uh i don't have really anything to add to the arsenal step and uh you know your guys's uh contributions were were quite good so uh, I think I'm willing to just call it there. I think that was a Sounds really, good. really good discussion. 
Um, so yeah, just to go around the table once again, I am Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on social media at BillTSF. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at the Spike Feeders Fab. We do live edited gameplay content, and if that's something that interests you, you should definitely come check us out. Uh, and kicking it over alphabetical style to As. Where can the people find you? Alphabetical style. Here we go. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'm um, As from Go Again Gaming. Uh, very very closely approaching. I'm, I don't. My YouTube channel doesn't really grow because I just. I don't really care about it, to be honest, but I'm just there anyway, you know, just loving life. Uh, but, I, but I'm approaching 1,400 now, about 20 people away. So go and subscribe nice. over there when you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so raw content, sometimes climbing mountains, sometimes eating meat and failing. Lots of different things going <laughs> on. <laughs> and hey, sometimes, I, if, if you go over to Twitter, I sing a random song. It's pretty good. <laughs> You're pretty good, So man. I love... So, I love Bryn's response. It was so good. Um, it was, yeah. Yeah. I do want to it. give a, a shout out to to Bryn from the Banish Zone for being such, such a like a awesome person. Um, yeah, she's great. Seconded. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love her response. She's also in a band. If if you didn't know, a very good band actually. Um, uh, I think they're, they're called Stay Inside. I think they're called. I think something like that. I can't remember. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, she's yeah she's so. she's in a she's in a band. I have um, them on my Spotify. I, but I'm so bad with remembering stuff. Yeah, I think I think they're called. I think they're called Stay Inside. But yeah, it's just uh, I've, uh, she said that I sounded completely like a different person. But that's just I grew up listening to American music and American metalcore mm. and post-hardcore and stuff, and that's just what I modelled myself on. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and that's what happens. You just model yourself on the American stuff, and that's why I love just in general, um, American music. So that's probably why I sound like that. It's also kind of funny. Like it's just a, it's just a thing. I don't know why, but a lot of bands that have would otherwise have accents. doesn't just have to be, uh, from, from the UK or whatever, but like when they sing, they always have like the no accent American, like West coast style thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just, it just, you notice it in a lot of stuff, and then when they when they start talking, they have like a you know really thick like Scottish accent or really thick like Irish <laughs> accent. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I didn't know you yeah, sounded like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a weird one. Uh, a popular singer that I'm a pretty big fan of. His name is Lewis Capaldi, and he's right. basically that. Yeah, he has like such a thick Scottish accent. Yeah, um, but you really wouldn't be able to tell just from his music. So it's and then yeah, he sings. He's like a, just a uh, you know, a high tenor vocal range. It's just like, yeah. what the bloody it's hell is a, going on? Just a bloke, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's me. I'll throw it over to Cal now as well. I did watch your entire ascent of Mount Pilatus, by the way. I just, I just, threw, oh, did you? I just threw that up and just watched it. Then <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah. my God, that was hard. That was very hard. <laughs> it's, uh, it's several hours long, but I watched the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's go, a good background video. Go go watch it if you Very like nice. that. If you like that kind of stuff, and if you want to watch Absolutely. like a bunch of dudes climb Mount Pilatus, Pilatus with like a bunch <laughs> of like heavy like DMB techno, just being like, and while they're just kind of like walking up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm Cal. You can find me at Red Zone Rogue everywhere, mostly YouTube and Twitter. 
And um, for some reason, I have a thousand, a thousand followers on Instagram, even though I hardly ever post to it. Maybe Instagram is just a lot easier to get <laughs> followers. I don't know. Um, I tried to def- yeah. I tried to focus more on my Facebook, but by Instagram, I'm just like, I don't know. I feel maybe. like Instagram just has a, a big botting problem. I feel like there's just a lot of bots on, uh, maybe, on yeah. Instagram. I don't know if that's just my own experience or not, but yeah. <laughs> I think... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just more popular than I give it credit for. Maybe maybe Instagram is that just too. like used a lot more. And maybe it's like a lot like used a lot more in our space because all like yeah, it's different. It's different. I don't want to talk too much about Instagram, but I, Instagram I, reminds me of. Um, oh, oh, sorry, I'll let you carry on a moment. But I've, it, it, Instagram reminds me of like you know the old MySpace days where you used to go PC for PC or follow me and oh, yeah. I follow you. A lot oh, of people yeah. will, follow. A lot yeah. of people will follow you, expecting the follow back, and that that's just. That, that's just not how you grow an audience, is it really? I mean, like, um, what I found works, at least for me, is I'll just post a picture of some cool cards. With some, with, mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what yeah. I say. And people are like, oh, sweet. And then they'll, like, follow me. Like, I'll post, yeah, like, like artist bunch of hashtags on there. Yeah, I, I barely even do it, because I'm just like, eh, whatever. Um, and yeah. so, like, maybe I should try on Instagram a little bit more. I don't really know if it's, like, worth, worth it. But, hey, look, here's my Instagram. I have a a thousand and seven <laughs> followers and I'm following 54 people. Um, I mostly nice. use it as a marketing thing, but sometimes I'll post like pictures of stuff. Anyway, enough about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's all that. Um, yes. But anyway, yeah. Thank you uh, both once again for sitting down to chat with me. It's always appreciated. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you at home, the listener or viewer um, for hanging out with us. It's always appreciated as well. Uh, stay well, stay safe. And we'll catch you all in the next episode. Absolutely. Cheers. John! John! Jason! <laughs> Jason! Kirik! 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 Dart! 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 Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> Fuck! Cut, cut it! Cut it! Uh-